Welcome to the At The Moment podcast, where we talk about what's going on at this moment with the black community here at OU. Hello, I'm one of your hosts, Nia. I'm Joy. And I'm Raymond. Welcome to the third episode of the At The Moment podcast. Today, we will be discussing black hair care in Athens. According to the United States Census, Athens is made up of 2.8% people that identify as black or African Americans and 2.4% people that identify with two or more races. Even though these numbers are small, the lack of black hair resources is a problem seen throughout the entire black community here at Ohio University. And also, to go off that, the black community like here, like at OU, probably makes like that 2%, 2.8%, like mm-hmm, double. Definitely. Just how like Athens City's population like triples, quadruples, or whatever because of us here on campus. But yeah, let's get into it. Um, so basically, um, if you're from, I don't even want to say an urban area. I have like a whole thing with that word. But if you're <laughs> from a city um, that black people reside in you know that we have like hair stores or beauty supply stores um and basically these stores have everything you need from oil cocoa butter ragtail comb pigs um you can't even get a ragtail comb in athens um which makes it very hard um i know the only place that we have is like sally's but even when you walk in sally's they follow you like like you're gonna steal every time i went in sally's i've been followed yeah like they follow you as soon as you go in the door and then also for one every time i go in sally's i probably actually never buy anything because Mm -hmm. they don't even have anything that i can use in my hair Mm -hmm. i probably go in there for like bleaching powder and that's it but also i'm not paying four dollars for bleaching powder that i can get at the hair store for a dollar um and by being here at Athens, like, we have to take care of our hair. Like, we, we kind of talked about our hair last week on, um, on last week's episode, but, like, like our, your hair has to stay moisturized. You have to, like, keep it done or, like, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of women here, like, revert to, like, wearing wigs and things like that because we don't have the resources. But every time I want to get something done to my hair, like, my whole freshman year, I was, like, going back to Cleveland, which, of course, is expensive because I have to buy, like, pay to get my hair done and then pay for a bus ticket to Cleveland from Athens. Mm. It's just, like, nothing just here. Even in Walmart, like, it's, like, three rows of things. Yeah. (laughs) And then everything else is just, like... And it's nothing but Cantu products, stuff that's not even good for our hair. Cantu, and then, like, they have, like, two Shea Moisture. And a (laughs) Durag. And a Durag. And a a a Bawa Durag. Because I feel like everybody in Athens has the same Durag and the same bonnet. That little cheetah print bonnet, that's the only one that they have in Walmart, I feel like. Yeah. But um, even um, going back to, um, like, having to travel or whatever, um, one of the things that we did for this episode was um, we sent out a Google form to – Uh, one of the um, black community group chats and um, one of the questions that I asked is do you travel to get your hair done and I um, said if you do then where do you go every person there were 11 responses 10 out of the 11 people said that they travel Um, there was Cleveland somebody said they fly back into DC that's so much money that's because you have to drive to Columbus and then get on the flight um, then I, Columbus, Cleveland, Cleveland, Columbus, Dayton, Columbus, and then the one person that said no, they said that they do their own hair. 
Oh, wow. I have to learn how to do my own hair. The TikTok girlies be getting me right. Because I, like, my freshman year, I was doing that. But I think you don't realize how much money you're spending. Like, when you already, for one, I'm only making work study. Like, that's 10 hours a week. That's not nothing. That's not even the phone bill for the mm-hmm. month. <laughs> mm-hmm. And half of that I'm spending on t- a bus ticket and going home. And then also, I can't afford to go home through, like, a Thursday through Sunday every weekend. Like, in the bus ride back to Cleveland is, like, five hours. It's not even a three. Excuse me. It's five hours. So it's just not really worth it. I think one thing that, like, the men have here at OU that we have, like, y'all have one barbershop, which is, like, West over on Court Street. Mm-hmm. Um, he owns Bam and Bros um, Barbershop. And... He cuts hair, and he has another barber in his shop called Smitty. Um, and he's been trying to get, like, a black hairstylist down here because it is a lot of money. But a lot of people just don't want to do it just because we're so—it's not a lot. Like, you can make money here. Like, if you come down here and market yourself and people know, like, oh, you could go get a sewing here, go get this here. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, where would you go? Like, especially in the off months, because I know in his off months, like, he's really slow. So it's just, like, what do we do? And— um, I don't know. I think men are more, I'm not going to say the men are more resourceful, but I see a lot of more, like, more black men on campus, like, oh, I'll cut your hair, I'll do this. I don't see as many, like, student hairstylists. Um, and that's because, of course, black hair takes, like, like I can go get some box braids done, and that will literally take six, seven hours. Yeah. And there's no time in the schedule to... To do that. Yeah. I think, off the top of my head, I could think of three women on camp three black women on campus that do hair um but like I said you know it's one of those things where it's like I have to work with your schedule I also have to work my own schedule and you know it's not a lot of time in the week and then you know who knows what you're doing over the weekend also but um and it's also one of those things where it's like you know being on campus nobody's a professional you know and sometimes you know I want my hair to look like yeah I paid $300 for it you know and I feel like in Athens, you know, you're just not going to get that. Even if you do go to a student or even if you do just look up and find somebody, which I don't even think I found anybody outside of OU in Athens that does black hair. But also, I think the problem that I have with, okay, so we I'm going to differentiate between, like, the black hairstylist and you have hairstylists. Mm-hmm. You have people in Athens who, like, try to do black hair. And I'm like, girl, I know you can't do my hair. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, even, like, um, it's a salon. I think it's in Walmart. They have, like. Braid, yes. They it's have very, like, it gives me, I'm sorry. It just gives me, like, performative activism. Like, I've seen this on TikTok. They have, like, they have, like, they have, like, mannequins of, like, white women and, like, white fine hair of, like, box braids of faux locks. Just all these, like, um hairstyles that are not for like Eurocentric hair Mm -hmm. because I think that also when you go into hair care you have to understand that and I also see that when I see like you know it's like the whole trend of like the white women getting box braids similar like I think it also I'm not going to say it all started with Bad Baby Bad Barbie whatever her name is the girls Mm -hmm. on Dr. Phil but that's when you've seen like more of it and they're like I get these hairstyles because I I have black friends or I have this it's like our hairstyles that we like are Good for our hair. Yeah, like you're sorry to break in, it to you, yes, but your hair's going to break off. Yeah, you're going to put in a box braid, and when you take your hair that hair out, your real hair is going to come out with it. Yeah. And it's just like doing box braids and these things, it it, it 
it's like an art form, really. Like, it really takes mm-hmm. time. So that's why I'm just very, like, commend anyone who can just sit there for seven-plus hours and do box braids, do faux locks. And also, like, the versatility within them, within, like, knotless braids. But I think the problem I see is, like, you have, like, these white women market themselves. Like, I could do black hair. And it's just like, why? We didn't, we didn't ask. Yeah. We didn't ask for that. But even if they do market themselves saying that they can do black hair, nine times out of ten, they can't, you know, because I, I haven't seen anybody that can actually deal with 4C hair. I have, like, 4A, 4B hair, like a mixture of it. Like, I have, like, I feel like I have, like, 15 different curl patterns in my head. Mm-hmm. So, of course, like, you know, me, I know how to deal with my hair. But, like, outside, I grew up in the South. I grew up in Alabama. So it was very... I saw, you know, a hair store on every corner when I grew up, you know. So it was very unusual for me to come up here and, you know, like, not have any resources at all. Like, having to go on Amazon and having to, you know, over-prepare myself and, like, over-buy things when it comes to my hair compared to being at home and it's like I'm doing, like, I'm doing my braids or something like that and I could just run down to the beauty supply store that's five minutes away from my house or something like that. Like, I don't get that. You don't get that advantage up here. Like, you have to be overly prepared when you're doing your hair. And I feel like that's stressful also because I know me, every time that I do my hair, I forget something. So, you know, like, <laughs> like not being able to go down the street and get what I need just in case, you know, or something like that. It's very stressful because it's like I got half of my head done and now I'm at a I'm at a jam and the only jam that y'all got is the one that don't hold nothing. Like <laughs> <laughs> But I think I don't know, I think um like being in Athens gave me like a new fall, like I don't know. I think the relationship I have with my hair is very interesting because mm-hmm. like we talked about last week, like our hair is not just like hair like it's like an extension of us um and it has like like i think definitely like a cultural significance and i know like when i was younger like i grew up with a single father so of course he did not really know how to take care of my hair the best so i definitely was one of those kids was like okay i'm going to the beauty salon i'm going to get my hair done every two weeks then i had a moment but you know that's expensive and then coming like where i come from we didn't have the most money so then it was a while where i just wasn't doing my hair at all getting my hair done at all but then it was like i didn't know what to do with it so i probably like (laughs) i wasn't looking the best at times and then when i got to college and i'm just like okay i can't keep going to cleveland every month like i don't have the money for that and I really had to learn like how to take care of my own hair um I don't know it just made me like I want like I, I end up cutting my hair like I said before and I don't know it made me realize like hair is just hair but it's also like more than that and I feel like that's like a contradictory statement mm-hmm. but I think hair is very expressive and so when I cut my hair I'm just like okay I'm gonna cut it like if I want to grow it back then like I can, I can. grow it back it's mm-hmm. not like it's not like my hair will never grow back. Mm-hmm. So I cut it, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to dye it purple. And then I'm going to dye it blonde. But then now I'm like, okay, now I want to grow back. So I'm going to throw on a wig. And I don't know, I just feel like, I don't know, like, being here, I always say that, like, being at OU is so different because it's like a growing up, I've always known I was black, but now it's like the world is telling me I'm black. And, like, what the, what they think like blackness is Mm -hmm. and how they and they treat me on like that basis and it's so interesting because even today like I went to class like my morning class like orange wig on and I had like the same (laughs) and I had like the same classmates but I went home took a nap I was like yep let me just 
switched the wig and I came back in with like a black bob <laughs> and you could just see everyone um the freshman classmates like that's suspicious <laughs> they like something not right something yeah but I don't know and I um I just think that you just have to understand like black hair is very expressive and I don't know I just I feel like I kind of see like a whole lot of nothing but I just find myself doing what I want with my hair in that moment, whether it's like a sad feeling or a happy feeling, if I want to cut it, I want to grow it out. Like, I just, I know that, like, I don't know, I just see like a certain amount of agency that's attached to my hair, that although the resources to like express that agency is like limited in Athens, but I think I had to get very creative in how I do it, mm -hmm. if that sounds. No, it I don't does. know if that makes yeah. sense. No, it does. Cause I, I think, feel like I said a whole lot about I feel like, like, okay, so coming from Cleveland, I feel like every, well, not everybody in Cleveland, but a lot of people in Cleveland do hair. Mm -hmm. And then, like, coming to Athens, it's just like, well, I need somebody to do my locks. Who can do my locks? Mm -hmm. And I remember coming to, from for orientation, and I asked somebody, I was like, um, do you know, like, anybody who does locks? Or, like, is there, like... Uh, like a salon or something like people that do locks, and the girl was like, "No," and I was just like, "For so it's real?" Not, but but isn't that like a question to yourself? Like, growing up, why was it like I was not taught to take care of my hair, or why was it I was only taught like why was I getting perms and hair relaxers in the fourth grade? Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and also, okay, this is kind of sidetracked, but. I think it's so interesting that, like, the first black millionaire was, like, Madam C.J. Walker. Right. But, like, she got famous based off our hair yeah. relaxer, like, something that's changing hair, like, our natural state, mm -hmm. making it straight to fit, like, European standards. You know what I'm saying? Not to say, like, it was easy for her, but isn't that interesting? Yeah. That, like, the, the first black person to get, have that amount of, like, social income and have that mobility, she was getting rich off something that, like, changed, like, our black state. Not to say that it's how you deal with your hair. I think we know it's how you deal with your hair. But I just think that's very interesting. Mm. Ray, how many times have you gotten your locks retwisted since you've been here? Once, probably. Once? Once. Have I, you tried to learn, learn yourself? I have. I need a rat tail comb. <laughs> like, You're not going to get a rat tail comb at Athens. And if you do, it's going to break. And it's crazy. It's okay. When I go to Columbus, I'll get you. Thank you. And it's crazy because even when you do go on Sally's, like, I'm not paying $5 for a rat tail comb. No. That's right. literally 50, 50, cent. 50 cents. 50 cents. At the, yes. It's just, and I the don't know. The crazy part is, like, I have the product to lock my hair up. Mm -hmm. But I just don't have a right tail comb. And that's I think, it. Um, and I think that's something, I know the NAACP was doing a lot with this a few years ago, is that if Athens wants to increase its diversity here on campus, they have to start investing in black resources. Like, yeah. whether, mm -hmm. if, whether if that's, like, okay, we're going to help sponsor or help get a hair salon down here or things like that. Because I think that's ultimately, that also ultimately what, why students leave because Athens is in the middle of like nowhere, nowhere. compared yeah. to, compared to where we're from, um, and like it'll be different with like old state where yes we're in college but we still have resources around us like there's not even a mall here like that Athens mall is not like a real mall like no. coming from major cities like us mm -hmm. so and I know that's one thing that like um, we used to talk to administration about but they're just like 
well, they want to come here because of that. But I'm like, y'all have to, like, develop relationship with businesses to to make it better for us. Yeah. Yeah. Because no one's going to want to come here if, I'm sorry, like I said, our hair is such a big part of us. I'm not going to want to come here if every month, every month I have to go back to Cleveland. Yeah. And I don't think they understand that ultimately that what makes that's partly of why the black experience here is like so intolerable because the basic every your everyday needs you can't even get you can't even get a pair of lashes. Like I'm paying ten dollars for lashes that I could pay three dollars for it in in Cleveland. Oh wow. I might as well. After you get three pairs of lashes, you might as well just go ahead and go get you um, <laughs> some, some lashes. Dishes. Yeah. But I was looking on um like, this girl on TikTok, she does, like, going to HBCU. And they have, like, those resources on campus. Like, they have, like, hair stores. They have hair stores on campus. They have those, They have like, those things that um, let you need, like, braiding hair, cankalong, rat tail comb. Like, they have all that on campus. And it would be nice to say that, like, can we invest in that? Because I feel like if you get that, the students are that's here is definitely going to take advantage of that. But also, is it going to be, like, fair priced and like equitable and would they even they wouldn't even do that so I guess it's not worth the conversation Mm -hmm. but I don't know I just feel like with administration I think that like the general root of the problem is like with administration there is a disconnect on like the everyday like black experience Mm -hmm. so I feel like when we when we voice like this is we don't like OU because it's it's like we can say it's racist or it's not equitable. We can say like whatever we want, but like, what does that look like? Like, I feel like the everyday disadvantages makes me more mad than like the blatant things. Mm-hmm. It makes it like, okay, dang, I can't even go here and get some hair grease, or I can't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now my hair dry. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I don't really know. Yeah. So, um, like looking back at the uh, Google form right now, um, one of the other questions that I asked was, "What necessities do you need for your hair that are not in Athens?" Somebody said, "Stylists and salons that cater to 4C hair, um, a stylist who knows uh, how to work with my hair, braiding hair, certain brands, special tools, a good rat tail comb, and lock and gel." Uh, people who can cut curls, braiding hair, 4C products for a reason for a reasonable price. They put reasonable in all caps locks. Um, and then another one of the things um, that I asked was, um, what hair products can you find in Athens? Um, what store do you buy them from? And if they're overpriced, underpriced, or the same compared to what you usually pay? Um, somebody said big names, brands like um, Shea Moisture. Um, they typically get them from Kroger because that's where they're the cheapest in Athens. Shea Moisture, um, and they said that um, it's overpriced by $2. Um, they said somebody else said Walgreens, Kroger, CVS, uh, Walmart, um, and they said they're all very overpriced. So I think it's just a trend that, like, everybody's seeing, you know, like, you don't have the resources that I need, and the ones that, you know, I settle for, you charge me more than what I'm used to paying for. Or And I don't think... It's even that people have a problem with paying more. It's just the fact that you don't have even the basic necessities that I need for my hair. Right. And so I'm settling for something less, and I get I still have to pay more for it. You don't, don't you guys think that, like, that price difference in itself is, like, inherently racist? It is. Because when you look at the everyday, like, non-black um, hair products or whatever they need, 
that's like the same price all across the board. Yep, you always go head and shoulders is always gonna be the same price in Walmart, wherever you go. But I also wonder, do they feel like I don't know, and I guess that goes into whether a business is privately owned versus like a franchise or a corporate and things like that. Because are they are they doing that because they know that the population here is small and they're not gonna get like that income that they would get if they were in a larger city. So I guess multiple things go into it, but also like it's capitalism. You just want to profit. Like I'm pretty sure you changing um, a rack to a comb from the price of five dollars to two dollars isn't gonna affect your business that much. So, and also I just cannot. I know we talked about it last week as well. Um, like the fetishization of our hair. Yes. From like. I don't know. <laughs> I keep saying I don't know. But I think to understand, like, I feel like professors, administrators, whoever, um, need to go through, like, some type of, like, training, I guess. I don't even want to say training, but mm. I think if we created, like, well, not me, but them, <laughs> created, like, some type of cultural competence, competence training. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you, like, me telling you like oh this is this is like discriminatory this is that like I feel like that doesn't really do do much I just feel like you just need to understand that if something's different than you it's not like oh my god she's a zoo animal yeah mm. because they just be so amazed like or like I just cannot wait oh if I come in with braids oh my god your hair got so long like you know <laughs> like the oh my gosh I didn't know that your hair did that. Excuse me? <laughs> what do you mean? Right. I feel like OU, like, like you know the, I don't even know what it's called. It's the green, like, posters that they hang up everywhere. The uh, Make Respect make Visible? Respect. Yeah. Oh, I, I have a whole debacle with we're that. We're not going to even start with that I one. We got to like, get somebody on the hair for yeah, that one. <laughs> I think they think that, like, oh, work? let's have events for our whole diversity organization or whatever, and that's oh, just okay. Like, we're just going to do that. But I feel like they need to implement more to make not us feel good. But, like, I think they don't they don't try. Like, it's just like, oh, we're going to put this up in the board and that should be okay. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not. That, for one, make respect visible. I don't even understand what that means. I, I'm sorry. I don't even understand that statement because... I feel like what people are taking away from that statement is I can disagree with you and disrespect. Like, I feel like disagreeing people and you just make putting me in a position where I have to defend my existence and my humanity is two different things. Like, mm. I feel like you saying, okay, I like pepperoni pizza instead of cheese. Like, okay. Okay, that's a respectable difference. But you're not going to just say, and I think that they... Like people are taken away from it that I'm gonna dis- I'm gonna disrespect who you are as a person, but I'm just say it in a respectful and calm manner, and then that's make respect visible. Mm-hmm. So I think like the the message is getting misconstrued, and I think it would be more like okay if you know that, and then also is this what the community asks for? Like like I feel like we keep getting things that we're not asking for, mm-hmm. and they thinking like okay this is gonna supplement that in some way shape or form but if you want to invest in communities of color do like put all that money in like a pop-up shop 
Have yeah. people bring Brady here who coming who, soon. Yeah, yes. Soon. Like do do a pop up shop or invest like, okay, we're gonna pay for hairstylists to come for a weekend. And then it's just your guys' job to book her. Like you have we have to get like they have to get creative in their way of thinking to actually meet our needs. Mm. <laughs> because also, um, there was like I was a learning community leader. I see I wear many Ooh, I, I already know what you're talking about. I wear about. many I hats. Know you finna go. But <laughs> There was a microaggression video, and that it was about my and it was about a black woman. So it was like a black woman, and talking about how people talk about her hair and things like that. And they compared it a microaggression to a mosquito, mosquito bite, and it just was like very insensitive. And I think that only like makes things worse. And compared to like it was another comparison that had compared like sexual assault to pizza slices and pizza so they're like multiple problematic things but i think that they just need to ask like and i know it's not our response like it's not our responsibility to be oppressed and educate the oppressor whether you're an intentional oppressor or just you just benefit just based on your social position but i feel like those students who are putting themselves on the front lines and willing to help why aren't you utilizing them because for me to sit there and have to teach a curriculum to a whole learning community that's only white kids, and then listen to them say, like, oh, I don't understand microaggressions because I have a friend that was bullied, and I didn't listen to what people said about her. It's completely invalidating, and then you, to, for you to uh, compare my, what are my experience to a mosquito bite, and then it's like you're teaching that to kids. Mm-hmm. Or not, I don't even want to say kids, to young adults, mm-hmm. to freshmen. I just don't really understand it. But even, like, even with that lesson or whatever, like, afterwards where they, like, had you, like, um, I think it was, like, you had to, like, come up with, with like, an intervention um, or, like, plan or, like, how you would, like, approach the situation, like, and, like, what the microaggression was and all this stuff. It was talking about, I like, the the examples that they were using, it was, like, they were trying to, like, beat around the bush. Like, okay, in the video you're going to talk about the angry black woman stereotype being a microaggression and like they I think in the video they may like mention like hair or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. So if you're gonna if you're gonna use it if you're gonna talk about this mosquito bite, then actually talk about the problem. Like it's like they I felt like they were just beating around the bush like the whole time. Like the whole lesson was just beating around the bush. Like let's have a straight on conversation about it. But I like, think if you want to talk about it, I feel like you should just talk about it. I think that we often like I'm not gonna say you. Whenever I say we, I probably mean someone, not me. But <laughs> <laughs> I think that when we have like these modules and learning things about respect and da 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 da, um, I think we often like undermine the intelligence of the people we're attempting to educate because i feel like if you're old enough to make racist remarks you're like you're old enough to learn learn about it because i feel like when people um like the amount of things i've had said to me i'm not even gonna it's not even worth repeating here i owe you from like my non-black counterparts um it's very like you know what i'm saying it's not watered down when i'm experiencing it and I'm also 18, 19, whatever age, having to navigate this trauma. And why do they get a four-minute video about mosquito bites? Mm-hmm. When that looked like ch- it should have been shown to, like, fifth graders, honestly. Yeah. And, I, and also, like, these trainings, they need to... Okay, so if you're going to do a basic video, then in, 
this training needs to be reoccurring. Like, why is the the nothing? I don't know if it's the word is like intensity mm-hmm. or like the type of content you're getting. Why is that more like specified? So if you do a mosquito bite video, the next video needs to be saying something more blatant and more mm-hmm. real life, more something something that's more relatable, mm-hmm. and that's the problem. And I think that's why you're still gonna have these microaggressions. You're still gonna feel like. Oh my God! If I walk in class late with an afro, and yesterday I had on a wig, like, what is the problem with that? And I think that's the issue. Mm-hmm. Cause um, last week I told, I said it on the podcast. I was like, I'm going to change my hair, like right after this, <laughs> and I did. I I I curled my hair, so it's like really curly. Like I looked like Shirley Temple by the head. And um, then I went to work, and one of the people that works with me, she's like. Oh my gosh, your hair is just so pretty. Is it a wig? Is it a wig? <laughs> yeah. And I also think that when you comment, oh, your wig is pretty, like that's some hate. I think that's hair. Like, that's, it I mean, is. That's, I did not think that's very negative. Girl, this is my hair. I pay for it. This say your hair it's is coming cute. From my, it's coming How do you from even my know head. it's a wig? It could be a sun one, it could be a pronto. You don't know. Why you in my hookup? <laughs> <laughs> But no, even going back to uh, last week, how we talked about, you know, like pers- professionalism, you know, it's it's like we're expected to go into certain spaces and look professional to look the part and all this stuff. You know, looking the part is different for everybody. Of course, you know, for me, I'm going to, you know, continue to have my black identity and, you know, that shows through my hair or whatever. But I'm expected to go into these professional settings to look professional, but I'm not even provided the resources to look professional. Right. So it's like you can you expect these things out of me, but you're not supplying the things that I need to make that happen, you know? Yeah. There's definitely like um there's definitely a lot of um people who are um locking their hair up and but it's not black people or people of color. No. And black people. Black people. Black people. I'm gonna say this once. <laughs> <laughs> I think that huh. I literally this happened to me in my class today because I was in well not today but last week. I was literally going over something that I was talking about, like how black students, like the lack of support that we get from scripts. And they're like, yeah, P- POC students. And I'm like, no, black students. And they're like, yeah, POC. What is like I'm not for one colored. It's just it's giving very nice purple. It's giving very 1960s. <laughs> it's giving 60s, 50s. I don't know. I don't like it. And I think that people try to group us in as like put all the others together. Yeah. And that takes away our each individual fight and what we experience because um, anti-blackness is a global issue. Like it's not like yes, there's racism, there's colorism, but. Um, and things like that. But anti-blackness is a global issue. Anywhere that you go, yes, racism, xenophobia, all those exist. But anti-blackness is a global issue, and it exists in all communities. Um, So it's black people, (laughs) not people of color, because I have met other people of color who are also... Um, a mm-hmm. lot of the, these comments that I'm getting, that's why I say my non-black counterparts, because this is not just coming from white people. It's coming from people who are not black. Right. And I can't speak for anyone, for any experience, but the black experience. Facts. I'm sorry, Ray. No, you're good. Thank you, for, <laughs> thank you for correcting me. I appreciate it. But there's a lot of 
non-black people who are locking their hair up and it's it's like we're getting a bad message like oh yeah i don't wash my hair at all like um no you should definitely wash your hair what are you talking about that's <laughs> you should definitely wash your hair like like yeah I, I lock my hair up and i don't wash my hair and i just i just twist it excuse me you don't wash your hair you walk around stinky like what and like i look at it and it's just like like it's like i'm going to be looked at as seen like oh he doesn't wash his hair because he has locks and that's that's it like that's why so many people think like locks are dirty because there's a lot of non-black people who are wa- who are not washing their hair and it makes me disappointed very highly disappointed and i think there's like with with those like hairstyles like locks even with braids you know there's a hidden like there's a message behind them like culturally there's a message behind them like braids like Nia said last week you know like they were used to like help people get through the underground railroad they were used as maps and things like that and it's like the same like you know there's stories behind why people started to lock their hair and things like that so I feel like for non-black people like when they do like, it's very much a whole lot of cultural appropriation that goes on with hair. And I feel like a lot of people look over it, mm-hmm. but, yeah. And it's just, like, I don't know, again, going back to the bad baby example, because that's just, I think when that happened, I was in, like, 10th 10, 10 mm-hmm. grade around Catch there. Me outside, <laughs> but it's very, I think it's very, it's just so interesting how, um, especially when we're in, like, this whole BBL culture, um, I don't remember the name of the woman, but remember they put her in a museum because she was so thick, and they looked at her like she mm-hmm. was yeah. a zoo animal. Slave. Yeah. Yes, and um, you know, black people, we naturally have like fuller noses, fuller fuller bodies, and of course, there, you know, things like that. And now, um, like for instance, Kim Kardashian posted, "Look at my boxer braids," and now, like, girl, we've been getting you did not invent coined the term box braids or boxer braids. Like, this is something my culture has been doing since before you were even thought of. Or I just think how they're praised and it's just like, oh, your hair looks so nice, da 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 But it's like, you're, like, we're the blueprint. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like I'm, I hate to say it, we're, but everything, for me, is just very exhausting where when I'm just naturally expressing myself, especially my culture, and I get ridiculed and put down. But someone else, who is lighter than me or not my race or ethnicity or even a, understand the culture can go and do it and get praise. Mm-hmm. Like, you can go get lipo lip or lip fillers and have full noses, but you want to talk about our full noses, our full lips, our bodies, our, our hair. It's just very exhausting. But like you said, we're the blueprint, and we've always been the blueprint, you know, Black people do it, and it's seen as, oh, that's ghetto, oh, that's ratchet, whatever whatever word is it, it's, it, what, I can't word today, <laughs> <laughs> whatever word it is at that time, you know, then, you know, that's what it is, but as soon as somebody else does it, then, oh my gosh, that's so cute, this, that, and I'm like, I'm gonna go get my hair done, like, right, yeah, um. well, in conclusion, I think that, we would love to see Athens um, cater to his black students more, bring more resources, uh, bring more resources here, outsource, connect to people if you have to. Also use those students, these black orgs, um, 
suckers. Yeah, because uh, shout out to Ebony Minds, Woman to Woman, and Unified Sisters. Um, we'll be doing um, March 18th in the Multicultural Center and also in Baker. We'll be doing um, a Black Woman Entrepreneurship um, Business Expo. So there'll be people coming down. We're gonna be um, they're gonna be braiding hair, doing sew-ins, prontos, half up, half downs. So you can get waxes. Just come out, support. It's open to everybody, and I think that's definitely gonna be like a start to you know allow us to say this is what we need you know like Nia talked about pop-up shops and things like that like that's what we need so that's I think something the school should be funding like why is the school not assisting that mm-hmm. or why is that something that they're not jumping on I'm like okay we see who's doing this how can we support you yep but anyways <laughs> thank you for listening um once again i'm nia i'm joy and i'm raymond And thank you for listening. Tune in again next week to see what's happening at this moment with the black community here at OU. Peace.